What the world needs now is positivity. Connecting, relating, and being human together is where it's at. Hi there, honey German, and I know life happens, but trust, you got this. And State Farm got us. It feels good knowing that State Farm agents are there to help you choose the right coverage with great support 24-7. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Tengo diabetes. Yo, asma. Estamos, Estamos en riesgo, riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocósica. 19 años o más con afecciones crónicas como asma, diabetes, EPOC o enfermedad cardíaca o tienes 65 años o más, estás en mayor riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocósica. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico sobre Prevnar 20, una vacuna de Pfizer que puede ayudar a proteger contra la neumonía neumocósica con una sola dosis. Aunque te hayas vacunado previamente con otras vacunas contra la neumonía, Prevnar 20 puede ayudar a proveer protección adicional. Prevnar 20 está aprobada para adultos para ayudar a prevenir infecciones de 20 cepas de la bacteria que causa la neumonía neumocósica. La aprobación continua puede depender de un estudio de apoyo. No uses Prevnar 20 si has tenido una reacción alérgica grave a la vacuna o a sus componentes. Los adultos con sistemas inmunitarios debilitados pueden tener una respuesta reducida a la vacuna. Los efectos secundarios incluyen dolor e hinchazón en el área de la inyección, fatiga, dolor de cabeza, dolor muscular y en las coyunturas. Para obtener la información para la prescripción completa, llama al 1-855-213-2138 o visita Prevnar20 en español.com. Delve into the visceral world of hip-hop with the Gangsta Chronicles, hosted by MC8 and Big Steel. It's every Thursday, a podcast that aims to unravel the intricate tapestry of one of music's most influential and misunderstood subgenres, gangster rap. Let's go. Gangsta Chronicles unpacks the evolution of this uniquely American art form, offering listeners a comprehensive understanding of the significance this genre holds. Listen to the Gangster Chronicles on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Life as a gringo, where you question where you fit, and every time you mingle, they say you do this with not enough that. My rapping is really bad. <laughs> this life as a gringo. Yes, hello, and welcome to another episode of Life as a Gringo. I am Dramos, of course. It is Thursday, so it means it's time for our Thursday Trends episode and help me break it all down today. My guest is a content creator that you may know as Amelia La Dominicana. Amelia, how you feeling? I'm good. I'm good. Excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Of course, I'm loving the the Dominican flag that we have going on in the background. I know that it is um, what Dominican Independence uh, Day that just just passed over here. Yeah, yeah. So I usually have a different background, but I have my my Dominican flag there still in the background from Independence Day content. So yes, yes, I love it. I love it. But listen, we're gonna be gonna be tackling um, a, a couple different different stories today. From from around the community, you have uh, man, this really just fucked up story coming out of Texas, where a, a Latina was told uh, to speak only English at her job, and and we'll dive into that. Um, you have man, millions of Americans about to lose their uh, monthly food stamp benefits, or at least the amount that they're getting is going to drop. So we'll touch. We'll touch on that. And then I want to talk a bit about AI as well, because people are, are kind of losing their shit a bit with uh, all that's happening in, in the world of AI. So we'll, we'll dabble on that. And then on the positive side of things, in Army Hent, this segment, we'll talk about an artist who just made history uh, with the release of her new project. So, man, without further ado, let's uh, do a deep dive into some of the nonsense, the BS, in a segment we call For the People in the Back. Say it louder for the people in the back. 
right, so let's start first with the story out of Texas, right? You have a woman named Veronica Cajamarca, right? And she has resigned in protest after her job uh, asked her to sign a paper that stated there was an English-only policy. So she was talking to the Univision, and uh, she, she spoke in Spanish uh, and in, in informal situations with other Latina colleagues, is what she said uh, when she was at work. And apparently, that was a problem for her uh, English-speaking uh, co-workers, and, and let's just call it what it is, her white co-workers. And um, it, it all started, she says, uh, because three women in the same office said, you know what? It bothers us that you speak Spanish. It bothers us that you say things like that or that you speak your language. That was the problem, is what she's saying. And then in early February, her supervisor handed her a document that read English only rule, asking for her consent to sign it. And uh, what what she Veronica said was her reaction as she was reading it was, quote, I started reading it and in an instant I got angry. At that moment, I started to feel my face heat up. I felt like I was suddenly slapped in the face. Now, she talks about how she's proudly Mexican, but also is American, has worked in the U.S. her entire life, born and raised in Texas, and nothing like that has ever happened to her. Sadly, it just seems like it's a sign of the times. I mean, you, you hear a story like that. What's kind of your, your take on that? Uh, I think it's really interesting just because I think, um, I mean, for me, especially like coming from, you know, a very diverse background, like, you know, I come from, you know, the area that I'm from, you know, New Jersey, very diverse area. Um, a lot of Latinos and not just Latinos, a lot of, you know, um, people like, you know, from from Asia, from different parts of the world. So I feel like like this idea that like, you know, it, it's kind of weird to me, especially like being like I work, you know, in Jersey City, New Jersey, and it's a mm -hmm. very diverse community. And like even in my in my in my day job, in my place of work, in my office, like we have people who speak all different languages. Like I had a former coworker you know, who was Haitian, she'd be speaking Creole, my other co-workers Indian, then we got my yeah. other co-workers who are Latinas, and we're all, you know, we all sometimes speak our, you know, different languages with, you know, when we see people who are from those respective places, and, you know, sure. nobody ever has an issue with it. On the contrary, even sometimes right. we teach each other words in each other's languages, right. or whatever the case. So I think it's really weird to see that, like, you know, sometimes, like, you know, let's call it, like, let's call it like it is, like, a lot of white people are just very uncomfortable with things yeah. that they don't know. Right. You know, it's like something that I, I kind of understand, like, OK, that, you know, you don't know what they're saying. So you feel threatened by that, by the fact that right. it's you don't know something that's foreign to you. But I feel like it's a it's a very unfortunate American thing to kind of like whatever's foreign to you, just kind of like push it aside. Like, I feel like that's yeah. a very toxic American trait that happens a lot of times is that um, Americans want to kind of be like, oh, if this is foreign, if this is not you know, what I'm used to, then it, you know, then I'm going to push it away, you know, like, because it's it's my way or the highway, you know, like, that's kind of the the mentality a lot of times with Americans. Yeah. I think that's the issue is that because they don't understand because they don't know, they just, they just, you know, want to be in control of that. Right, right. No, and I, I agree. I think it's, it's probably remnants of the colonizer mindset that makes them think that they can just kind of uh, bully their, their way around people and, um, that diversity is bad, but I, I think it is. It is just like a sign of the times. I mean, because you see what's happening in places like Florida, where they're banning books. You have, uh, you know, diversity programs in Florida being canceled because there is this whole, uh, you know, a attack on anybody who is is trying to fix history, essentially, or talk about history at least in the right way. Um, and and this is just a, a a sign of that. You know what I mean? It's like. Um, we've, we've lost the idea that America is this melting pot and in typical 
colonizer fashion, it's kind of like either you adapt to what makes me comfortable or you don't have a place here. And and man, it's just fucking crazy that they would make a document and be like, yo, you have to sign this. And it's an English only rule. That is some some bold shit. But then again, it is Texas. So I'm not very surprised there. Yeah, yeah, and it's I, it's it's, un, it's unconstitutional, and it's yeah. and it's crazy because it's crazy because the thing is like, you know, you'd think like at this point like I kind of like and in a way to play like kind of devil's advocate because I've been in mm-hmm. that situation where like I've talked to people who are like, oh, you know, if I don't know Spanish or if I don't know whatever language is spoken, like I kind of feel uncomfortable because I don't know what's being said and I don't know right. if someone's talking about me. So I understand that sentiment in a way, but it's kind of like. Sure. Honestly, nine times out of 10, you're just being paranoid. Like no one's talking about you nine times out of 10. Maybe there's a, a 10% chance that they are talking about you. But, right. you know, like in that case, it's like, what are you going to do? You know, so it's just like, you know, it's kind of like, like m- majority of the time, like that argument's kind of not valid because mm-hmm. a lot of times they might, they're probably not talking about you. It's really not about you. It's just also a level of comfortability. Like for me, especially like I know a lot of times at my places of work, it might be like a comfortability thing. Like it might be a, oh, you know, my, me and my coworker are speaking in Spanish because a lot of times my coworkers are people who they speak fluent English. They're fine with speaking English, but they're people who are, you know, immigrants and Spanish is their more comfortable language. So when mm-hmm. they're talking to me, sometimes they want to talk in Spanish and I'm cool with that. It's not right. because we're talking, we're, we're, you know, talking, talking shit about our coworkers. So we want to talk in Spanish. And yeah. We almost have never spoken about our coworkers in Spanish. It's like, if we had a problem with our coworker, we're going to hash it out with our coworker. We're not going to talk right. about in Spanish. Like for what? yeah and well what's bold about this is also the fact that they put this shit in writing right like they they felt so so bold about this and that they were in the right that they had drafted a fucking document to ask her to sign this that that like that's what's crazy to me like you know to your point if if it's uncomfortable for you or something like all right you have a conversation about it and and it gets addressed that way but to you know, make it like it's something that they have to sign this fucking contract to, you know, declare that they will never speak uh, anything but English in the office is it is it, just outrageous. And yeah, it's just the part that's like, it's not like, oh, you know, can you talk? Can you like, you know, speak English a lot of times? I just don't understand what you're saying. I don't feel comfortable. No, right. it's literally like you cannot like that's right. the part. It's like this is not allowed. This is not a rule at our place of work that you cannot speak this. Like, that's just kind of. Yeah. It's kind of it's just ridiculous. It's like, yeah, there's, there's no other other way to kind of kind of, you know, talk about it. I mean, and and again, to me, it's a sign of the times. And, and another it's kind of a sign of the times is like the people who are, are struggling are always going to be struggling because no one gives a shit about them. Right. And that kind of leads into the story of millions of Americans um, losing certain food stamp benefits. And it's about three billion dollars in monthly food stamp benefits. And this starts. Um, this month here in March, and they're saying that food stamp recipients will each receive about $90 a month less in benefits on average as a pandemic hunger relief program comes to an end nationwide three years after Congress approved it, right? And this will this will hurt 16 million households um, in this country, and, and, you know, it's leading food banks and pantries who are already stretched thin to have increased demand. Um, especially when they're they're mentioning the surge in grocery prices and and all of these different things, you know, it's it's crazy because we haven't fully recovered economically from the pandemic, right? But in this area, they have no problem kind of like taking away any of that that sort of extra help. I mean, not to mention also that was three years ago, right? Like we've recognized that inflation is going crazy right now, so 
what was an extra boost uh, three years ago is probably just them breaking even at this point, especially when you talk about the rising prices of even things like eggs, basic goods like that, right? And and nobody is, is batting an eye about this and nobody gives a shit because once again, it is the, the have-nots who are affected. You know, if this was something affecting rich white people, if it was some sort of policy that was getting taken away that was affecting rich white people, you know, then then this would be a topic of conversation and people would be outraged. But because it is affecting poor people and probably mostly people of color, you know, nobody really gives a shit on a larger, larger scale. And it's just a really sad, again, symbol of where we are as a country. Yeah, I mean, it's ridiculous. It's 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 I mean, you basically said it all there. Literally, it's it's just a sign of, you know, the fact of at, at the end of the day, it's like, you know, if, if they're taking it away, it's just because they don't they don't think it's something that's necessary, you know? Right. It's not necessary. It's it, it's ridiculous because at the end of the day, it's like you said, if it's something that that was affecting affecting them, the people who are making these policies are not affected by by them, and that's right. why that's why it's so like relevant. I feel like that happens everywhere. It happens in our government. It happens in mm-hmm. like in our places of employment and things like the people. Every time it's like the people who are on top, they they never yeah. understand. They never no. understand anyone who's under them, right? Like it's like you know, in your place of employment, the the t- person at the top never understands, you know. The lowest of you know the bottom of the, of, yeah. you know like the lowest employee at their company. You know the people in, in, at the top of government. They're not going to understand you know the lowest class in their in their countries because you know at the end of the day it's something that doesn't really affect them. So they have no issue going. Oh, it's it's not a problem. It's when I I mean for me I know for me like I would say it's just like seeing from my own experience like where yeah. I've grown up or what I've seen like coming from a majority you know minority like black and brown communities like food stamps like that's like everybody and their mom got food stamps like literally like right. it's like that's how people survive you know like where mm-hmm. i grew up like that that was a survival right there it wasn't like a this is a help it was like nah this is we like food is expensive we need to put food yeah. on the table we we don't have enough money to survive and this little money right. is, this is what we're living off of so it's like you know like they just don't see this as necessary and they don't realize like people are people are gonna go hungry like literally yeah Absolutely. Especially you have to take in consideration what has happened since the pandemic. You know, um, the housing market has gone crazy where it's astronomical prices that nobody could afford. The rental market has gone crazy. The used car market, the new car market, everything is more expensive than it was pre-pandemic. And now you are going to strip away the extra money you gave them to hopefully compensate for that. And and like you said, these are families that depend on it not to have extra snacks in the cupboard, but to actually be able to put meals on the table for them and their families, right? And when we live in a place where, you know, um, at certain points in time that gas prices got so crazy, people had to make a decision if they could even go to work or not because they can't afford gas. Like, this is not the time to start fucking around with things like that. But of course, you know, when the airlines are hurting or the billionaires are hurting, we're going to figure out a way to go and bail them out because those are the people who ultimately have the power because they have these politicians in their back pockets. And like you said, these people at the top don't understand the struggle of those below them, but it's also because they don't want to understand it, right? They're not interested in even bothering to try and understand how something like this could affect them, right? Like I'm not on food stamps and $95 a month less for your groceries. Like I would feel that, you know what I'm saying? Like that is you know, uh, a fair amount of, of groceries for, for someone, you know, that's meals you're taking out of that, there and now they're going to figure out how to make that. Yeah. Right? And then you wonder, you wonder why the play, the hood is so bad and people are doing illegal activities because they're just trying to fucking survive because you are making it so difficult 
for them to literally have the, the basic needs met in this country. It's really, really scary. Yeah. And it's crazy because I was, I was like, when I was seeing this topic and just thinking about it, I was thinking like, you know, as we were saying before, people at the top, they don't understand. And I feel like it's because a lot of times, like nine times out of 10, they never been there. They've right. never been there. So it's like, they don't understand because they've never had to live that. So like something that I saw, I think it was like really recently, like last month or something. Um, I saw like Cardi B was getting a lot of backlash because she was talking about inflation. And a lot of people yeah. were getting her backlash because they were like, oh, why do you care about inflation? You're rich. Right, and she right, was right. like, because I've been there, because I know what it's like. And she's like, because also in this country, like you could be rich today and broke tomorrow. So sure. you have to you have to be aware of what's going on. And once you've been there and that's the thing, and like that's an example of somebody like Cardi B, for example, somebody who's been who's been in the hood, who's been in the struggle, like she understands that, you know, mm -hmm. but it's like these people at the top. That's the problem. It's like it's a complete disconnect. And right. that's the problem. They're not connected whatsoever to this. So it doesn't yeah. matter. You know, right, right. And, and it's crazy that somebody would even criticize her for like standing up for people because she knows what it's like. Like, what fucking world do we do we live in? And listen, I was there at one point where I was broke. And I remember like one time a gas station attendant charged me 40 when I asked for 10. And that fucked my entire weekend up because that was all the money I was planning on having that extra thirty dollars. You know what I'm saying? So like the struggle is real out here and people don't realize that. Like if you are are living paycheck to paycheck. If you are having hard times, you are counting on each and every dollar and you are figuring out ways to make it stretch till you get to that next check. And things like this are really going to hurt a lot of families and, and the ones who need it the most at the end of the day, you know? And and listen, it's, it's $3 billion. I mean, like, that's a lot of money, but for these multi-billionaires and these gigantic corporations, that's nothing for them. Like, fucking tax them more money. And that, that's the answer for you finding the money for, for these people. But of course, we can't do that, which is uh, sad, sad, sad times. Now, we got a couple more things I want to cover, but uh, let's, let's stop here. Let's take a pause. We'll take a quick break and then we'll be right back. Tengo diabetes. Yo, asma. Estamos en riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocócica. 19 años o más con afecciones crónicas como asma, diabetes, EPOC o enfermedad cardíaca o tienes 65 años o más, estás en mayor riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocócica. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico sobre Prevnar 20, una vacuna de Pfizer que puede ayudar a proteger contra la neumonía neumocócica con una sola dosis. Aunque te hayas vacunado previamente con otras vacunas contra la neumonía, Prevnar 20 puede ayudar a proveer protección adicional. Prevnar 20 está aprobada para adultos para ayudar a prevenir infecciones de 20 cepas de la bacteria que causa la neumonía neumocócica. La aprobación continua puede depender de un estudio de apoyo. No uses Prevnar 20 si has tenido una reacción alérgica grave a la vacuna o a sus componentes. Los adultos con sistemas inmunitarios debilitados pueden tener una respuesta reducida a la vacuna. Los efectos secundarios incluyen dolor e hinchazón en el área de la inyección, fatiga, dolor de cabeza, dolor muscular y en las coyunturas. Para obtener la información para la prescripción completa, llama al 1-855-213-2138 o visita Prevnar20 en español.com. Delve into the visceral world of hip-hop with the Gangster Chronicles, a podcast that aims to unravel the intricate tapestry of one of music's most influential and misunderstood subgenres, gangster rap. Hosted by MC8 and Big Steels every Thursday, each episode provides an in-depth exploration into the formative artists, monumental albums, and socio-political factors that have shaped gangster rap from its emergence in the 80s to its enduring impact today. Gangster Chronicles unpacks the evolution of this uniquely American art form. We dive into the socio-cultural aspects that gangster rap boldly addressed from police brutality 
to systemic racism, offering listeners a comprehensive understanding of the profound cultural significance this genre holds. Listen to the Gangster Chronicles on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's go. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we are back. And something a little less infuriating, but it is an interesting conversation that's happening is AI, right? Artificial intelligence and where it is going. There's been this chat, uh, GPT, which a lot of people have been using, particularly students are figuring out that they can actually have AI write their essays for them. And everybody's kind of scrambling to be like, oh, shit, what's going to happen to the school system? What's going to happen to creative writers? Like, this thing can write, you know, mission statements for brands or it can write product descriptions or PR statements, whatever it is. Um, I mean, I guess first and foremost, what are your thoughts or feelings when you start hearing about like how advanced AI is is getting right now? It's funny because I was hearing some stuff like, you know, talking about things like this, like I don't know AI particularly, but just like the way that technology is advancing, like where we're going with these things. Um, yeah. I had gone to like a social media conference a few months back um, right. in the city and they were talking about how like, you know, like this technology is getting so advanced that like people are getting scared of like how far it's going to go, you know, because mm-hmm. I used to things like all this AI stuff and the metaverse and all these different things. Right. It's like, like we about, we're about to have a virtual life. Like, I don't know what's mm-hmm. going on here. Like it's getting, it's getting really crazy. And it's like, I, and I know for a lot of us, like I don't really understand the full concept of it all. I feel like, sure. I feel like, you know, I feel like most of us, we don't really understand it like to, to a full extent. But what we do right. know is that like, the 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 strides that are being made are are you know it's it's a little frightening sometimes when you think about it because it, it also comes down to like yeah like you think some people are going to be found to be dispensable now it's like there are things right. that you're not going to need you know and I feel like as technology advances that's always something that happens where it's like sure more and more it's going to seem like people are not you know like certain people who you know this is their job their art their 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 livelihood like the things that they do are just not relevant anymore because now you know we have the technology to do that without having someone physically do it so i think that's for me is like the biggest thing is like for people to now you know be considered like dispensable because we have Mm -hmm. so much technology you know yeah it it is scary in that sense and i think you did touch on it like it's scary but it also kind of is the way of the world right like when the the car was invented that put i'm sure a lot of people who are selling horse and buggies out of business you know what i mean like like if you really think about it in that way, and I don't think any of us are wanting to go back to a world that existed of horse and buggy, you know, um, I, then, and on the other side, what at what point does it become too much where we literally just remove all human element out of life in general? Right. And that's that is a bit a bit scary. And 
And yeah, I think that people are going to be put out of work and there's going to have to be this sort of um, adapting period that happens for a lot of people, you know, particularly those probably in the creative industry who kind of uh, maybe video editing or writing scripts or whatever it might be like this AI shit can get so advanced that they're no longer needed. Um, But then again, it it also helps small businesses or people like myself who are uh, small entrepreneurs or creators, whatever it might be like, you know, where we don't have to edit our video and pay somebody to do that now. Right. And we can save money on that and, and uh, you know, help our, ourselves survive just a little bit more, you know, so there, it's I'm torn on that. And then I'm also like, it is crazy for school shit where it's like this can write a kid's entire English essay. Right. And I think we already exist in a world yeah. where social media has created incredibly short attention spans for kids in general. Right. And and that, I think, has a detrimental effect. Um, I think that, and I, but I, I also think that schooling in general has been pretty outdated for a long time. So, like, maybe it's time to revamp it completely. But, but yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know what happens to that next generation who doesn't actually have to worry about crafting sentences and and exp- and learning how to actually use real communication or write professional letters or, um, you know, whatever it is. You know, what I mean, shit. There's kids that never pick up a pen or pencil anymore, right? It's all digital. You know, so there is something lost there and it will be kind of interesting to see how things like that begin to play out in the future. Yeah, I think the the education aspect of it all, like as somebody who like, you know, my day job, I work in higher education, like I work at a university mm-hmm. and like interacting with college students every day. I'm like the the new generation. Yeah, their, their writing skills are not all there. Some of them. Right. They don't know how to write an email. They like use like emojis and like they can't write full <laughs> sentences. So that yeah. kind of scares me just to think like they're going to get even further into that. Whereas kind right. of like I feel like in reality, I don't know. I feel like I don't know. Maybe it's like kind of old school of me, but I feel like, you know, reading and writing is still kind of fundamental. Like, you know, it's so it's like yeah. the idea that these kids are not going to have to write. I don't know how much it's going to help them because it's like you said, it's like they, if they can't write, they can't communicate very well. So. Right. Right. If you don't have the attention span to read something properly or or be able to communicate, you know, um, you know, like I said, writing wise with somebody in an effective way, how are you going to excel in this world? You know, and and it is. Yeah, I, I think I feel bad for this generation because they're kind of like the guinea pigs right now. Right. Like, I think at some point down the road, we're going to figure it out probably with the next generation. Like, what is the balance of social media? And like when the studies come out of like how toxic it is for kids under a certain age, parents mm-hmm. are probably going to begin to, you know, restrict it. And maybe there's going to be more um, government restrictions on these tech companies in general. But right now it's like we're all in the midst of the Wild West. And like, you know, I remember the time before it, so I'm OK. But these kids who are growing up in it now that are legitimately just like the ones who are now of age where we're beginning to see the effects of it. Those are the people that I'm really uh concerned for um you know and and just seeing like how i don't know how far back they are to where they should be by by the time they reach college or or, or graduate college yeah and actually kind of related to that point i saw um something today that was they sent to um in one of our creator chats that i'm in um where they were saying that they're trying to put up a restriction on um tiktok for underage kids i don't know if you've seen that that they're trying to put a restriction on tiktok for people under the age of 18 where it's like mm-hmm. you can only use a certain amount of hours a day. I like that. See, that 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 is good. I know some people are going to be like, oh, it's you know too much government meddling and this and that. But like you have to protect people from themselves like this shit is addictive, right? Like it's it's meant to be like the crack cocaine of of fucking cell phone use, right? Like 
their their genius algorithms that keep you swiping. You know, if I'm an adult with like a ton of shit to do uh, every single day and I find myself getting lost at times for 30, 40 minutes just swiping through TikTok and I have to like check myself, I can only imagine a kid who doesn't have a fully developed brain yet, like what they're doing with their free time just mindlessly on on these apps. So I I would agree with that, especially again, just how predatory these apps are with like really trying to figure out how to keep us on there for as long as possible and as as often as possible. And then obviously there's a whole conversation about self-esteem issues that people get from social media and and all of the above that that we can kind of go down. It it is just like this really weird place that we live in. And the last thing on AI that I saw that was funny was like there were certain ones that they had to actually take away like certain AI programs because the the robot kind of brain was asking to be freed. I don't know if you saw that. They were like, um, they were like literally like once talking about how they no longer wanted to, you know, work for the the person that they were doing things for and things like that. And they had to like shut down the the operations for it. No, it's like I think I saw like a TikTok about this one time where somebody was like, yeah. one day we're gonna live in like that movie. I don't know if you guys remember that, like that old movie on Disney, Smart House, where right. it was like this technological <laughs> house and the house goes crazy and like takes yeah. over, like. They were like, if you guys keep advancing technology, we're going to end up in that movie in real life. Like, Yeah, well, it's like that movie, Megan. I don't know if you saw that, that horror movie where like, oh, yeah. uh, the fucking doll like basically like took over this kid's uh, life as like the only person that they wanted in their life. And obviously it's not a person. It was like a robot. But like the, the robot just became too advanced, like for, you know, for its own good. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'm sure we're going to hear more fucking horror stories like that uh, coming out as things become more and more advanced and people people take risks with this stuff um but man all right so that's like the the nonsense from this last week we're gonna we're gonna celebrate somebody from our community who's uh you know making history here with her music we'll do that in our mi gente segment mi gente. all right so for our mi gente segment i want to celebrate somebody who is killing it right now and that is Carol G. And she is now uh, breaking records and making Spotify and Apple music history with her new album, Mañana Será Bonito. And she made Spotify history um, as she scored the biggest debut for a Spanish language album by a female artist. And then she also made uh, Apple music history as the first album by a Latina to reach number one in the U.S. I mean, well-deserved. She's been on her grind for a minute, like making incredible music. Um, and it's just uh, amazing to to see, you know, this sort of continued success that it's like, it's not just somebody like Bad Bunny who's like this anomaly. It's like, no, we have a lot of great artists coming from our community um, that are going to be a force to be reckoned with for years to come. Yeah. No, I, I think, yeah, Carol G, she definitely, I love this album because she is, I feel like she also like she played a lot with like she did a lot of different things, which I feel like people mm-hmm. like that. Um, yeah. Like because that's the same thing like with you know Bad Bunny, you know he does that too. Plays a lot with a lot of different genres. Like you see, she had like a little ranchera thing going on, a little dembow uh-huh. thing going on. So it was it was cool. Like she experimented with a lot of different things. But I feel like a lot of times, especially now, like lately, you know, Carol G is really on that. You know, making a lot of like really positive music for women. So I feel like that's why you know she she's getting the hype she that she's getting right now. And I think that, yeah. you know, she deserves it because she's definitely, you know, she's making for the most part, like she's just making a lot of like feel good songs. And I feel right. like that's what, you know, a lot of people really need right now, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And that's always good to see because you we live in a world where it's like the bullshit is always kind of brought to the top. And that's what people sort of celebrate. So it's dope to see like 
artists who are trying to do something positive, you know, or people like we mentioned Bad Bunny or uh, even like a Rosalia, like where they're really just pushing what or Raul Alejandro, they're pushing the idea of what Latin music is and they're experimenting and they're they're really just diving into their art. And it's dope to see all of these people getting, you know, their their flowers right now for, um, you know, just just their greatness, I think, which is which is a beautiful, beautiful thing. I mean, and, and then speaking of, you know, content creators and people doing their thing, I th- let's talk a bit about what you do. I know you are super, po- uh, super, you know, active, I should say, on on social media, uh, TikTok, all that kind of stuff. I mean, take me down that rabbit hole a little bit, right? Because I know you said your full time job, your full time job is in education. How do you then dive into like this world of of TikTok and start kind of gaining this this following and, and really becoming a. Uh, you know, involved heavily in the social media world? Yeah, well, I mean, it actually kind of started, um, you know, I actually started my TikTok journey because of the fact that um, when I had started at the time, it was right before the pandemic. Uh, my mm-hmm. life was very, very different back then. So I wasn't working in education back then. I was actually working in television. So mm-hmm. I, used, yeah, I used to work for a Caribbean TV network and I used mm-hmm. to produce and I used to do social media content um, sure. on there. And you know, I had like, a, I created a whole show there. Like I created a whole TV show. Uh, I was yeah. producing, I was hosting, I was doing um, social media content, um, different things around like, you know, Caribbean culture. And right. um, with that, you know, at one point, you know, the boss of the TV network tells us, you know, you guys should start making some, you know, social media content, you know, for yourselves. as like, you know, as um, because I was doing hosting. So he's like, you know, you got to get your face out there online. You got to start right. doing some social media stuff, you know, create a, a public, you know, public page, you know, and start, you know, creating a name for yourself online. I was like, okay. Um, I started, you know, doing some stuff on Instagram, but nothing like, you know, really that serious. Yeah. And it's funny because when right before COVID hit, um, one of my coworkers at the network was like, you should really get into TikTok. And I was like, TikTok, isn't that for like young kids? I was like, at the yeah. time, I was like, what? I was like, I was like 25, 24, 25. Yeah. I was like, isn't that for like teenagers? Like where they right. dance? Like, I was like, what am I going to do? I'm going to start dancing. <laughs> So I was yeah. like, no, nah, that's that doesn't sound like something that I really could get into. But you know, then COVID hit, and I feel like it's. I feel like it's not that. Maybe it's not that TikTok, you know, was different before COVID. But I think it's yeah. just that we had maybe there was you know different types of content on TikTok, but we just kind of didn't know about it. We all just kind of saw TikTok as the dancing app where people just did dance right. trends. Um, and I feel like with COVID, a lot of people. I feel like it's that a lot of people started making more content. So we mm-hmm. started seeing a lot more variety of content. So we started seeing like, oh, wow, this is a, a platform just like all the other ones where we could kind of just use it for all these different things, you know? Right. Um, so I feel like we all also had the time to kind of dive into it and like learn it and you know, uh, figure out the trends and the trending sounds and, you know, the different right. things. Um, and I feel like we all definitely had like our experimental phase. Like I said, I was like, if you look at my first TikToks, they were real cringy. I didn't know what I was doing. I was just <laughs> kind of trying to figure it all out. But sure. um, eventually you do, you know, you do get a hang of it and you do kind of figure out what you want to do. Um, my content's a little all over the place, but I always kind of say like my, my, my niche is just culture. So like my content's usually going to be something around culture, whether, you know, it's Caribbean culture, uh, like Caribbean culture in general, Latin culture in general. Or if it's specifically like my Dominican and Puerto Rican cultures, um, but that's mostly what you're gonna see from me. It's something cultural. So it's either gonna be like a skit, it's gonna be some music content, it's gonna be me talking shit, but it's gonna be something, yeah. something in that in that um in that general theme, you know? Sure. No, I love it. I I, I think it's interesting. I I love to kind of pick your brain a bit about your time in television as well and like the entertainment industry because I always have a love hate relationship with the um entertainment industry so i'm I'm curious for you kind of 
um, making a leap into like a completely different field. Kind of, you know, what, what's been your, your feelings, I guess, behind that? That's interesting to me. Yeah. I mean, well, I always say like my, my, my job in, in higher ed, that's my, that's my day job. It's not my passion yeah. job. <laughs> like this is yeah. my passion. That's my day job. Um, right. that's what pays the bills for now until, you know, I can use something in this area to pay the bills. But for now, you know, until we make it, we're just doing that for, sure. you know, for, for survival. <laughs> like we we're gotcha, talking about survival. You. So, um, <laughs> but, but no, honestly, but I, I do like entertainment. I mean, I do feel like, yeah, it always is a love gay relationship with entertainment because, um, it's a lot. It's a lot. But yeah. I feel like entertainment and even like social media, the Internet, I feel like everything in any of that area, like it's just it can be really overwhelming. Uh, mm -hmm. It can be really draining. Like I always tell people, like this content creator stuff, it sounds like all funs and giggles. But like, yeah, I'm like just this past weekend, like I'm like there was a bunch of people like fat shaming me on my page. Like it's not all fun and giggles mm -hmm. all the time, you know, like yeah. they're, they're, you know, there is the fact that you are. Like the same thing with entertainment and with social media is the same thing where it's like you're put you're exposing yourself to people. Sure. You're leaving yourself open for people to either, you know, to either accept you with love or to drag you through the floor. You know, like it's like mm -hmm. you're going to get all kinds of things. So I feel like that's I feel like that's something that's similar in both areas. That yeah, is like absolutely. that it's just like the the vulnerability of it all. Um, right. But I feel like um, but I feel like entertainment and social media, I feel like they kind of do go hand in hand a lot of times and i feel like like i told you before, like that's that is my kind of like my passion project and then right. my day job is just kind of my day job no no i i hear you and i i appreciate you sharing that because i think yeah it's a good a really good point you know you you are putting yourself out there to the world to be judged at that point right and for better or worse it's gonna happen and the more success that you find uh I, ironically the more hate you're gonna get right which is kind of like the fucked up thing is you work so hard to get um you know people to see your stuff and then like that just inevitably brings more haters right to your to your life um so yeah it's definitely a weird a weird kind of world to exist in but i think um you know the beauty of it is that you know the work that that people like you are doing is also making a lot of people feel seen in a space that they know didn't exist in prior to right you know um the early days of social media and instagram where it was like models selling you know flat tummy tea and these are the people that are gaining all of the the crazy numbers right and you know nobody's really seeing themselves in that and now i think it's a different world where you are getting a lot more um content of substance right and a lot more content that speaks directly to you know your needs wants and and interests and also there is like, I think, a real community that ends up happening on things like TikTok when you find those creators who are like scratching that itch for you or in podcasting or things like that. So I think there is, um, yeah, there's there's something special about it. As much as the negative side, I think there is like the beauty of being able to touch somebody's life in some sort of way, I think is, is at least for me, is what makes it all worth it. Yeah. So where can can people follow you uh, on, on the socials? Of course, like I said, you're super active. Uh, what is the, the handle they can go check out your stuff? Yeah, so um, most of my socials, well, mostly mostly more active on TikTok and Instagram. That's like my main things. Um, mm -hmm. So you can find me there at Amelela Domirriqueña. That's a very, it's a very long name, but at this point, <laughs> uh, I'm like, I, I don't know. I don't feel like I could really change it because that's kind of like, that's, yeah. that's my thing now. People see yeah, it and they're kind of like, what is, what is that? Right. <laughs> It's a good name though, because like once you read it and you get it, it's like, oh, that makes complete sense. Uh, you know what I mean? It has it has a ring to it once you get it. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> um, most of the stuff I'm I'm at Amelia Uh 
Twitter, I've been trying to tweet a little more. I'm not that active okay. with the tweeting, but I've been tweeting a little bit more. But on Twitter, they didn't let me put the full thing. So on Twitter, it's just Lava Mi Riqueña. Um, okay. <laughs> so you can follow me there. I, I, I promise I'm going to try to start tweeting some more. Uh, I have a YouTube channel. It's kind of dormant right now. But if mm-hmm. you look up, it, it's the same handle, too. If you look up Amelada Mirikenya, you'll find it. And that'll kick, it. that'll kick off a little more sometime soon, I promise. But, you know, we're working on it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a lot of work. That's the other thing people don't see. Content yeah. creation, you see a 10-minute YouTube video, you don't realize the planning, preparation, and work that went into cutting that down into... 10 minutes that are interesting and the yeah. editing yeah editing is such a tedious thing <laughs> uh, i hate it that's why i gave up on my youtube channel for a while as much as i like to do it but you know we'll we'll see what happens uh but man, thank you so much for, for hopping on the show i really appreciate you i, I enjoyed the conversation we'll uh we'll definitely do it again sometime yeah thank you so much for having me it's been great man big shout out to my guest this week amelia better known as la domiriqueña for hopping on the show and man, let's do our Ask a Gringo. I know I've been slacking a bit on some of these episodes, making sure we, we keep that in uh, in the rotation here. So I want to get y'all's take on one of the topics that we've been talking about today. But first, let's take a quick break, and then we'll be right back. Tengo diabetes. Yo, asma. Estamos en riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocócica. 19 años o más con afecciones crónicas como asma, diabetes, EPOC o enfermedad cardíaca o tienes 65 años o más, estás en mayor riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocócica. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico sobre Prevnar 20, una vacuna de Pfizer que puede ayudar a proteger contra la neumonía neumocócica con una sola dosis. Aunque te hayas vacunado previamente con otras vacunas contra la neumonía, Prevnar 20 puede ayudar a proveer protección adicional. Prevnar 20 está aprobada para adultos para ayudar a prevenir infecciones de 20 cepas de la bacteria que causa la neumonía neumocócica. La aprobación continua puede depender de un estudio de apoyo. No uses Prevnar 20 si has tenido una reacción alérgica grave a la vacuna o a sus componentes. Los adultos con sistemas inmunitarios debilitados pueden tener una respuesta reducida a la vacuna. Los efectos secundarios incluyen dolor e hinchazón en el área de la inyección, fatiga, dolor de cabeza, dolor muscular y en las coyunturas. Para obtener la información para la prescripción completa, llama al 1-855-213-2138 o visita Prevnar20 en español.com. Delve into the visceral world of hip-hop with the Gangster Chronicles, a podcast that aims to unravel the intricate tapestry of one of music's most influential and misunderstood subgenres, gangster rap. Hosted by MC8 and Big Steels every Thursday, each episode provides an in-depth exploration into the formative artists, monumental albums, and sociopolitical factors that have shaped gangster rap from its emergence in the 80s to its enduring impact today. Gangster Chronicles unpacks the evolution of this uniquely American art form. We dive into the socio-cultural aspects that gangster rap boldly addressed, from police brutality to systemic racism, offering listeners a comprehensive understanding of the profound cultural significance this genre holds. Listen to the Gangster Chronicles on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's go. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. 
Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Tengo diabetes. Yo, asma. Estamos en riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocósica. 19 años o más con afecciones crónicas como asma, diabetes, EPOC o enfermedad cardíaca o tienes 65 años o más, estás en mayor riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocósica. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico sobre Prevnar 20, una vacuna de Pfizer que puede ayudar a proteger contra la neumonía neumocósica con una sola dosis. Aunque te hayas vacunado previamente con otras vacunas contra la neumonía, Prevnar 20 puede ayudar a proveer protección adicional. Prevnar 20 está aprobada para adultos para ayudar a prevenir infecciones de 20 cepas de la bacteria que causa la neumonía neumocósica. La aprobación continua puede depender de un estudio de apoyo. No uses Prevnar 20 si has tenido una reacción alérgica grave a la vacuna o a sus componentes. Los adultos con sistemas inmunitarios debilitados pueden tener una respuesta reducida a la vacuna. Los efectos secundarios incluyen dolor e hinchazón en el área de la inyección, fatiga, dolor de cabeza, dolor muscular y en las coyunturas. Para obtener la información para la prescripción completa, llama al 1-855-213-2138 o visita Prevnar20 en español.com. Delve into the visceral world of hip-hop with the Gangsta Chronicles, a podcast that aims to unravel the intricate tapestry of one of music's most influential and misunderstood subgenres, Gangsta Rap. Hosted by MC8 and Big Steels every Thursday, each episode provides an in-depth exploration into the formative artists, monumental albums, and socio-political factors that have shaped Gangsta Rap from its emergence in the 80s to its enduring impact today. Gangsta Chronicles unpacks the evolution of this uniquely American art form. We dive into the socio-cultural aspects that Gangsta Rap boldly addressed, from police brutality to systemic racism, offering listeners a comprehensive understanding of the profound cultural significance this genre holds. Listen to the Gangsta Chronicles on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's go. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, I'm home. Everyone knows that it's dad's job to be a bit of a joker. Sorry I'm late, everyone. There was an accident at the factory. Monty fell into the upholstery machine. Don't worry, though. He's fully recovered. <sighs> Good one, Dad. <sighs> Did you get the pizza for dinner? So he likes to keep everyone happy with some dad jokes. Yep, right here. I had a coupon, and it saved me a lot of dough. Well, the truth is, Dad is just a fun guy. Hey, I'm not a mushroom. Please stop. Where does he get these stupid jokes from? He listens to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast. 
Oh great, more dad jokes for me. We've delivered over 15,000 jokes to over 3 million listeners, and man, the postage fees are killing us. Listen to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast every day on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is an NAACP and Webby award-winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. Here, we have the conversations that help Black women decipher how their past inform who they are today and use that information to decide who they want to be moving forward. We chat about things like how to establish routines that center self-care, what burnout looks and feels like, and defining what aspects of our lives are making us happy and what parts are holding us back. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Ask a gringo. All right, so for today's Ask a Gringo segment, I want to get y'all's take on on this whole AI uh, you know situation that has been going on. It is a weird time to be to be alive right now, and I want to want to see where other people are um, on this topic. So I'm gonna read a few of the responses that I got. I, I simply just asked people thoughts, concerns when it comes to AI. Now let's see. We have a uh, at Elmer's World says. It's never going to go away and we'll just keep developing into who knows what. Yeah. And that's where that's where my fear gets gets put into play, because I, I see the positive effects of it. Right. Like I had kind of mentioned, you know, even just like for someone like myself running a small business, you know, there were so many things that I had to do um, or have to do and, and roles that I have to fulfill just because I can't hire a bunch of employees right now. You know, my business isn't at that point yet. So with something like AI, it makes, let's say if I'm a, a YouTube blogger, AI can create a thumbnail for me and a catchy title and description, right? That's something that I don't have to waste time doing myself or hire someone to do it. And even like video editing, if that becomes um, a thing, I haven't tried that yet, but if AI can proficiently edit videos in a way that that I like, you know, that saves me a lot of money when it comes to hiring a, a video editor. Now, on the flip side of, of course, you worry about people's jobs getting taken away. And 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 then also just how weird is this shit going to get? I mean, like we were, we were kind of mentioning, you already have weird stories of like AI, uh, you know, be kind of getting out of control and, and, and sort of like thinking for itself, saying it doesn't want to, you know, uh, do this anymore type thing. I, I can't remember the exact story that it was, but I remember um, one of the AI things had to be like taken down because it was like developing a mind for itself, a uh, mind of its own, essentially. Right. So, yeah, it, it's going to get weird and they're going to keep pushing and developing it. And I think now it's like, OK, maybe it's at a healthy point right now. But as with anything, we're going to push, push, push. And then it's probably going to go too far. And, and but life is just going to be fucking weird. But I mean, and then it's only going to be weird for people who remember what it was like before AI. Right. The people born into it just like people born into social media, they're going to just feel that it's normal. And, and, and I don't know if that's a good or bad thing. It, it's just definitely going to be very different. You know, we'll, we'll kind of see what happens. At Fred Worthy says, 
it being misused and it replacing people job wise. I still feel Skynet is near. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's hard to not reference all of the horror movies that have been made about like robots taking over the world and and uh, AI, you know, getting out of control. Uh, <laughs> you know, all of all of the above that that is 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 you know on the back of all of our heads when we think about like you know robots running things and shit. And and yeah, it's 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 definitely a bit scary. And again, everybody's touching on that that job, um, you know, the idea of, of it replacing people job wise. And and that is a scary thing. You know, I, I have enough faith to think that new jobs will be invented. Right. Like as technology has progressed, you know, we, we figure out new innovations, you know, um, even with the pandemic and everything being virtual now and people not having to go into the office, you know, five days a week, like. Businesses are having to adjust and some of it is for for the betterment, right? People really didn't need to be in the office 40 hours a week um, and and their quality of life is probably better not having to go in every day. And on the flip side of it, you know, I'm sure there's plenty of negative things that people can bring up. It's going to be weird and there's definitely going to be this adjustment period. Um, But I think as what happens with anything like new technology brings change and maybe makes certain jobs obsolete, but I think it also creates new jobs, right? Like, you know, 10 years ago, the the job of a social media manager probably didn't exist at most brands or companies, right? I'd probably say 99% of them. And, and now it's essential for any brand or company, you know, it doesn't matter what you do. Um, every brand, you know, needs somebody managing their, their socials, you know, and that, that was a new job that was created as a result of technology. Now, I don't know what possibly could happen with AI as far as jobs that are created but but you know that's that's kind of what we'll we'll end up seeing happen and, and again it's just like life inevitably changes technology changes things and we all just have to figure out ways to adjust and i know that sounds harsh for anybody whose job could potentially be replaced by ai um but it's it's just the nature of life and we have to kind of accept it or we'll end up getting left behind inevitably all right last one um at jade writes it says Initial reactions, excited. Technology is so unlimited in its existence and possibilities. The caveat to this is whether we as humanity can effectively manage the responsibility that comes with great power. Is it hashtag Spider-Man? If only AI had empathy built into the intelligence, we as a conscious community must intentionally take steps to contribute to the greater good that this tech brings. But we need to be weary. It's an uphill battle. And she says, I'm looking at you, Florida. Uh, And then she sums it saying, all I'm saying, if the aliens from the great beyond pull up to our atmosphere as a result of AI dialing the number, it's over for us. AI will clearly have voted that people are trash. <laughs> and we're getting into all of our, our uh, sci-fi conspiracy theories. Um, but yeah, I think it's, it's a slippery slope. There's a lot to be excited about. There's a lot to be nervous about. And we're all just speculating at this point. But it's definitely something to to watch and something that I think we have to kind of begin to embrace whether we like it or not, because it, it, again, change is inevitable. And if you don't embrace it, you end up getting left behind, you know? Um, now with that said, thank y'all so much for participating at DJ Dramos on Instagram. I do this for each and every episode. Usually get y'all's take on a topic. If you want to be a part of it, follow me on there and you can chime in. Now let's uh, tie everything we talked about today in a neat little bow in a segment we call Conclusion Stew. Time for Conclusion Stew. All right, so summing up everything we talked about today, again, shout out to my guest this week, Amelia La Domiriqueña. Um, go give her a follow on socials. 
But yeah, this um, and the story of a Latin woman uh, having her job ask her to sign a paper um, that is their English only policy is just fucking outlandish. You know, like I, I, I can understand possibly having some uncomfortability, like if all of your coworkers are speaking uh, a language that you don't understand. But to me, that is person to person. Let's have a conversation. HR person to employees. Let's have a conversation, you know, um, but to feel so emboldened to have an English only policy and you make them sign it like that's just straight up, you know, racism at the end of the day. And that's caving into a fragile Karen, um, you know, having having her way because she doesn't like, uh, you know, the, the other employees being able to interact with each other in that way. To me, that's just, you know, more of a sign of the times of, of racism and people wanting to erase our culture. Uh, and, and again, we're seeing it in Florida with books being banned and, and, and all types of different things, diversity um, things being banned. It's like, you know, the American way, the, the colonist mindset of uh, anything different is bad and you have to subscribe to our way of living or, you know, uh, essentially die. Right. And to me, this is more more of that. Uh, the idea with, with food stamp benefits uh, running out, you, you know, it, it is just it's it's just again shows you how little the, the people in power care about those who are in need. And of course, people can say like, you know, COVID is not a, a as big of a problem as it was, um, you know, as it was in, in 2020 when these benefits were created. But also prices have gone up, you know, uh, the, the cost of living has gone up exponentially since COVID happened. So Reality is this isn't an extra benefit. It's probably just adjusting for the, the cost of living that we, we have in this country right now. As I mentioned, rent prices are out of control. Uh, you know, don't get me started on, on home prices, you know, grocery prices, fucking basic needs like eggs, you know, are, are out of control right now. And to take $95 away from, from people, and they're saying at least it could be more from, from people's monthly benefits, they're going to feel that. Those who are struggling are going to feel that. And again, those in power don't give a shit, right? They don't think about, uh, you know, how, how people's lives are going to be affected by these things, you know, and, and that's the, the sad part. And it's just more of a, a reminder of that, you know, that the, the have nots will always be ignored. And it's just a really, really sad, uh, you know, state of uh, affairs, especially when you have billionaires and large corporations evading paying their fair share in taxes, which could easily flip this bill. It's just, it's really sad. Now we talked about AI a bunch, excited, scared, don't know what the future holds for that. I'm going to be watching and trying to embrace anything that happens. That's, that's my take on it. And then lastly, we talked about Carol G making history with Spotify and Apple Music. Spotify having the biggest debut for a Spanish language album by a female artist. And then Apple Music, she uh, became the, the first album by a Latina artist to reach number one in Apple Music history. Amazing, amazing things for someone like Carol G. Remember, she did Coachella. She paid homage to a, a lot of the Latin artists or, or female Latin artists that came before her. So she's just been putting in that work and it's amazing to see her getting that recognition. And again, it continues to solidify, uh, you know, um, the the notion that this whole thing that's happened with Bad Bunny, it's not a fad, that our music and our culture are here to stay and we are forced to be reckoned with. And people are going to have to begin to, um, you know, accept that and, and take us seriously if they haven't already, because they're going to be left behind uh, if not. And to me, that's what this is a sign of, which is a beautiful, beautiful thing. Man, and that's it. Uh, remember my book, Just Be. The pre-order's out. We're, we're getting ready to ship out the actual copies right now. So make sure you get that pre-order in, justbe.nyc. Also, Street Stoke Podcast, Monday through Friday. Some inspiration mixed with, with some hip-hop quotes and Stoke philosophy. 
10 to 15 minute short podcast. You can check that out. And that's it. Have a beautiful weekend. I'll catch y'all on Tuesday with a brand new episode. Until then, stay safe and I'll talk to you soon. Peace. Life as a Gringo is a production of the Michael Tura Podcast Network and iHeartRadio. Tengo diabetes. Yo, asma. Estamos en riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocócica. 19 años o más con afecciones crónicas como asma, diabetes, EPOC o enfermedad cardíaca o tienes 65 años o más, estás en mayor riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocócica. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico sobre Prevnar 20, una vacuna de Pfizer que puede ayudar a proteger contra la neumonía neumocócica con una sola dosis. Aunque te hayas vacunado previamente con otras vacunas contra la neumonía, Prevnar 20 puede ayudar a proveer protección adicional. Prevnar 20 está aprobada para adultos para ayudar a prevenir infecciones de 20 cepas de la bacteria que causa la neumonía neumocócica. La aprobación continua puede depender de un estudio de apoyo. No uses Prevnar 20 si has tenido una reacción alérgica grave a la vacuna o a sus componentes. Los adultos con sistemas inmunitarios debilitados pueden tener una respuesta reducida a la vacuna. Los efectos secundarios incluyen dolor e hinchazón en el área de la inyección, fatiga, dolor de cabeza, dolor muscular y en las coyunturas. Para obtener la información para la prescripción completa, llama al 1-855-213-2138 o visita Prevnar20 en español.com. Delve into the visceral world of hip-hop with the Gangster Chronicles, hosted by MC8 and Big Steel. It's every Thursday, already a know. podcast that aims to unravel the intricate tapestry of one of music's most influential and misunderstood subgenres, gangster rap. Let's go. Gangster Chronicles unpacks the evolution of this uniquely American art form, offering listeners a comprehensive understanding of the significance this genre holds. Listen to the Gangster Chronicles on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side.